Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Okay, so I'm going to level with you. I'm in a bit of a mood, and I'm going to be touching on some mature themes throughout the show. I think they're important themes. I think that what I have to say is going to be relevant to our society, our culture, everything else. But I know that a lot of you are commuting back and forth. You got your kidlets in the car and that sort of thing. And and usually I'll give you a warning before the segment. And some of you will choose to put headphones on or or what have you. Uh, There's probably going to be a good chunk of that in the first hour today. And whether or not you decide that you don't want to listen to this or if you want to go ahead and listen to it, but in a way that is isolated from any younglings or any coworkers or anything like that, that's that's recommended. I, I'll put it that way until you can vet the content that I'm going to be putting out and whether or not the people around you are going to be okay with it. Now, this is a this really isn't my thing. Some of the stuff that I'm going to cover is my thing, but I, you know, this type of a, I'm going to be addressing a lot of trans stuff, a lot of gay stuff, some of this normal news stuff. It, it Here's the thing. I don't know where this is going to go because in my head, I have been going in some pretty crazy directions today. So I just wanted you to be aware of that. And I was listening to an old show that I did. And frankly, I think that you all need to hear it. So I did a segment back on September 9th of last year. That's 2022, depending on when you're listening to this now. And I made the podcast out of it because there was a very, I will call it a strong reaction to what I had to say. If you flash back in time, I was the youngest person in talk radio. I I may very well have been the youngest person in Radio altogether, I don't know, but I certainly was in talk radio by like a wide margin, so much so that I was known for it in the industry for being young. But I was also in Las Vegas. And I know for many of you, I'm just rehashing my personal story here, but bear with me for just a second, okay? I'm not trying to be braggadocious or anything like that. It's relevant because in Las Vegas, finding a life partner is darn near impossible, particularly for young men. I'm not saying it isn't difficult for anybody, but particularly in that city, it was an issue for young men. It was a well-known problem. You meet somebody, she's a party girl, or she's a dancer, or stripper, or what have you, and it's very, very difficult in that city. It is a party city. I think most of you are well aware of the reputation of Las Vegas. Everything that you have heard about Las Vegas is true and more. I mean, beyond like the laws, things like things like that. Prostitution is not legal in Vegas. It just happens all the time. And again, the reason that I bring that up is as a result of my age being very, very young, having actually a pretty large collegiate aged audience at the time particularly college-age young women. 
They had never seen ratings like that before. And, and they didn't, frankly, my sales team didn't really know what to do with it. But that was because there was somebody young on the radio that they could relate to. This is before the podcasting thing. This is before the live streaming thing. It was a totally new phenomenon. And, and really, to have somebody that young doing the format that I was doing was just completely unheard of. So a lot of younger people who were in college and high school latched on to me. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. A lot of them are still with me today who still listen to the show and still interact with many of you on Rumble and on social media. However, because of my age, because of the recent coming out of the dating pool, the struggles of, of being young and trying to find a, you know, a, a partner and that sort of thing, I talked about dating a lot. And I didn't have a dating show. I wasn't a Tom Likas or, you know, the modern equivalent um, would be some of these influencers out there, you know, Red Pill stuff or Manosphere, whatever you want to call it. I was doing all of that before any of these people were really around. I wasn't the first to do it. I, I would say that probably the first person to be famous doing it was Tom Likas. He's not alone in that at all, but I would say he's probably the first one to get really big and famous talking about it. And he came, you know, way before I did. But I talked about these issues because nobody else was. And eventually, as time progressed, I got away from it. I come back to it occasionally, get away from it. You know, I do my best to offer what life advice I can offer. Um, and I understand that, you know, my age now makes me fairly unrelatable to many of you who might be younger. But the things that I've experienced in my life and the things that your parents and your grandparents have experienced, there's still some relevancy, even though we have a different world you know, now than, than when we were younger. And I did this segment on September 9th. And it's called Online Porn Isn't the Problem. It's the Symptom. And I really think that you need to listen to it. Whether you agree with everything that I said in there or not, I think that people need to listen to it. It is not something that is designed for men, young men in particular. It's not something that's designed for women or young women in particular. Honestly, it speaks to both. And it speaks to parents who have those young people and are concerned about where they're going to be going in life, who they're going to be dating, who they're going to be marrying, how that's all going to work out. I have had a stronger reaction to that segment than almost any other segment that I have ever done. Off of the, the top of my head, I can name one specific show that I did that got a much stronger reaction. I'm in the middle of doing that, that segment in September of last year. I'm in the middle of it. And I start getting bombarded from young people thanking me for saying what I was saying. And the reason that I, I bring this up is because some a new story that I, yesterday after work, saw a new story, like I got to talk about that, and immediately got into my headspace about this whole thing again. And I'm like, what was that segment that I did? Because I remembered very specifically the reaction to it. I remember some of the, the very personal comments that I got about it. And I remember some people walking away from my show and getting really angry with me for having the audacity to, to tell the truth about these things. 
And so I went back and I found it. It was September 9th of 2022. I have pinned that podcast to the top of my Facebook, the top of my Twitter, and the top of my Truth Social at Casey the Host. When you get time, whether it's today, tomorrow, when I don't care. When you get time, would you do me a favor? Go listen to that podcast. And again, it deals with some mature themes. Nothing that's you know going to violate the FCC or anything like that, but it deals with mature themes. And make sure that you know you pre-screen it if you've got younglings or, or anything else around. And, and just do me a favor and just please, would you listen to that? And I'll explain why in just a minute. I got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. I'm Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Hopefully during the commercial break, you went, you book, you bookmarked the podcast that I told you about that I recorded last year. And again, I, I do. I really think it's important. And I, I kind of hate, I really do. I know that I play like I have this massive ego on the radio. For those of you who have been around for a long time, you know the story behind that and why I do it. But I, I was listening to that and I was like, that was really good. And I think it's, like I said, I think there's a lot of knowledge in there. I think there might be some perspective in there that people need, whether they're ready to hear it or not. And Lord knows there was tons of people who are not ready to hear it when I did that show. But the reaction from people, particularly young men, who are thanking me profusely for doing that, I think speaks volumes. Now, that show dealt with pornography. It dealt with young men turning to pornography, why they turned to pornography. And the cause of that, honestly, being social media and being young women using social media for clout. I'm oversimplifying what I said in that segment. Do not take what I'm saying now to be that segment, please. The reason that I am discussing this is I ran into a video from Libs of TikTok. Now, I'm going to play you something that is extremely sad. And I want you to understand that I am not at all making fun of this individual. I'm not mocking this person and you're going to hear somebody who is, I think, in danger of hurting themselves. And I hope that they get the help that they need. And I know that a lot of people are reaching out to that person and telling them that. This is a transgender individual. This is a biological female who transitioned to male. And I, I want you... I mean, you can't transition from female to male. You know what I mean. I want you to listen to this because you're going to hear a broken person who finally understands what it's like to be a man in our society, at least a little bit. And I know that that might seem a little counterintuitive considering this is a, a biological female, but I think you'll understand when you hear it. But again, heavy, heavy stuff today. And I apologize about that, but I think it's important. Here it is. Nobody told me how lonely being a man is. I had closer friendships with random women I met in the bathroom before I transitioned at clubs because of how open women are than I've had in my eight years of transitioning. 
because women are just so much more vulnerable indeed than men. But to have known, and I think a lot of trans men feel this, is we knew what de depth felt like before we transitioned. We knew what it felt like to like have people want to hug us. And to have people want to talk to us. And to have a community. And then you transition and you're just a guy walking down the street that people cross the street so that they're not near you. And friendships are so much harder to build. And people are colder. What's hard is none of this invalidates how real and raw women and people who are in marginalized groups feel about cis white men. All of that's valid. But I also now understand why the suicide rate is so much higher in men. Because it is lonely. And I'm an emotionally mature man. I know how to build friendships, and it is still really, really hard. Try to think about how you can, in your small little community where you feel safe, can reach out to women in your life and just help them feel maybe seen for a moment. Okay, elephant in the room. This is still a biological woman who has the genetic makeup of a biological woman who is behaving like a biological woman and not behaving like a man. I understand that. And they still haven't come to the realization of what is actually happening, which is why they're still talking about so-called cisgender white men and that sort of thing and marginalized groups. Now, here's the problem with what this individual said. This person is saying that this is a product of being trans that what they're experiencing is because they're a quote marginalized group and the reality is is that's not why you're experiencing the average male experience and you don't know how to handle it because you're a woman who is living as a man and is passable as a man. I'm looking at this person right now, passable as a man, based on what I can see in the video. But you're still a woman. And no amount of hormones are going to change that. Which is why they're on TikTok crying to everybody. I know that people who come to some of my speeches when I give certain speeches that don't deal with the normal political stuff, sometimes you hear some heavy things from me. And you maybe haven't heard me talk about those things in another setting. You know, I only do it a couple of times a year, um, sometimes less, and it hurts every time I do it. But at the end of the day, I think it's important to talk about these things because there is a very real health crisis with men in this country. There really is in all over the world, but especially in this country, there, there's a big one. So this is a, a woman living as a man, which I don't care about. I don't care about any of that. As long as you're not forcing on anybody else, I don't care. But this is, again, the general experience that many men, maybe most men, um, I would say probably the average guy experiences at least in large swaths of their life before they find that crew of people. This is one of the reasons that men who get out of the military go back in. Because they can never recreate the camaraderie that they have in the military. This is one of the reasons that 
veterans who are transitioning back into the normal world struggle to transition. There's a whole host of societal factors with that, but there is still that brotherhood that is an issue. And I talk about brotherhood in one of the speeches that I give, and I'm not going to give it to you now. But if you've been, been to that speech or you've heard me give that talk before, you understand what I'm talking about. Now, Tristan Tate is Andrew Tate's brother, and I don't really care what you think of the Tates. He responded to this. He said, very few women understand, even on a basic level, how hard it is to be a man. This person decided to live as a man and found out the hard way. Let's not mock them, though. In fact, I'm going to email and let them know I'm here if they need to talk. Hate is bad for the soul. And I know that I'm blunt, and sometimes that bluntness is mistaken for anger or hate or what have you, but this is a person who is suffering greatly, and I'm sad for them. But it's not a unique experience. They're just not built to handle it. More on this coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. And good afternoon. Once again, Casey Hendrickson here, 95.3 MNC and the all-new MNC Nation. Look, um, I'm already, I know I'm going to get the messages. Um, I'm fine. I'm okay. You know, I've got a, a small circle of people around me who know some stuff, and I know that they're going to reach out. They're going to hear this. They're going to get concerned. I'm fine. But I am cognizant of what is happening with people around me and people I know who are going through this and other things, a lot of them veterans. You know, I've, I've lost a lot of people. And I know that many of you out there have as well. And sometimes, you know, one of the things that I talk about when I give talks about suicide, depression, that sort of thing, is when you reach out to somebody, please, please give them a chance to respond. We're always telling people to reach out. Reach out, please. If you feel that way, reach out. Just talk to somebody. Reach out to somebody. And you know what? A lot of them do. Now, in Canada, they'll just recommend assisted suicide. A lot of times, they will get a hold of somebody. Whether it's a suicide hotline, whether it's a relative, a friend, somebody they served with if you're if you're a veteran a lot of times they will reach out and sometimes that other person is in a movie theater with their phone turned off and you don't get an opportunity to respond because by the time you get the message that your friend or your loved one is in trouble and you go to call them back it's too late So if you are listening to this right now and this is hitting home, or maybe you feel like you're in that sort of a state and you do reach out, please give them time to respond. Because they will. Now the reason I'm 
again, kind of talking about this and, and highlighting this is, you know, this, like I said, I have a lot of stuff that I've gone through that I relate to this. There was, um, there was a story in 2006, went viral, and I've talked about it many times on the show. There's a journalist named Nora Vincent. Nora Vincent wrote a book called Self-Made Man. Nora Vincent is a woman. Uh, she's a gay woman. Who decided that she wanted to learn about men. And so what she did is she turned into one. Not going through surgeries or anything like that. Uh, she did the old Hollywood thing. Makeup, clothes. She learned how to speak as best as she could as a man. She learned how to walk and her mannerisms as best as she could as a man. And then she lived her life as a man. Now she's not trans. But this was all about research. She wanted to understand men. And you could, you could say that she was uh, a feminist. I think you know, she would say that too. This is a part of the interview with ABC News. See, at the end of her venture living as a man, she became deeply depressed. So much so that she actually committed herself to a mental institution. I want you to listen just to this portion of the segment. ABC News did a 19-minute segment with her. This is literally just a portion of it at the end. But I want you to listen because this relates to that, that TikTok with the, the biological woman who transitioned into, into being a, uh, a man. I want you to just, just listen to this because this is, I think this is critical and important. Nora was not harmed physically, but she continued her emotional descent and a week later checked into a hospital with severe depression. Identity, she concluded, was not something to play around with. When you mess around with that, you really mess around with something that you, you need that helps you to function. And I found out that gender lives in your brain and it's something much more than costume. And I really learned that the hard way. Nora says she's healed now and glad to be rid of Ned. But her views about men have changed forever. Men are suffering. They have different problems than women have, but they don't have it better. They need our sympathy, they need our love, and they need each other more than anything else. They need to be together. Do you think women understand what it's like to be a man? Not at all. No clue. No idea. And again, that was from 2006. Uh, Nora would ultimately take her life after living as a man for 18 months and struggling with the fallout from that. Now, during the segment, during her book, during subsequent interviews, uh, Nora Vincent would tell people you know, how really shaken she was by the experience. Uh, one of her quotes was, I really like being a woman. I like it more now because I think it's more of a privilege. You know, she she was tormented, not just by that. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that her living as a man for 18 months is what ultimately led to her decline. Um, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But she was very open about how damaging it was to experience that. And she would do things like go out on dates and try to pick up women at bars as a man and she would get the reactions from it. Now if you go back to the 
the transgender person that we were talking about earlier and how they used to have these, you know, somewhat decent friendships with women. They would just meet in the bathroom and then now they're living as a man and people cross the street and it's lonely. And it can be. And they talk about being emotionally healthy and knowing how to make friends. But you don't. Because you're not a man. You don't. You still don't know how to be a man. You know, it's hard for a lot of men to figure this out. And for some guys, it takes their entire life to find those people. For some people, some guys, they're lucky. They've got those core group of friends really early, and it helps them get through those rough times. For others, they have to meet them in occupations that are inherently dangerous. But I, I wanted to share this with you, and I, I could do I could do so much on this. It's ridiculous. But there's a lot of young people out there that are hurting. There's a lot of men who are hurting. There's a lot of, of pain in the trans community before and after they transition. And it doesn't get better after they transition. Don't... With, the research is pretty clear on this, that it doesn't get better. There are many studies that show that the suicide rate gets worse after the transition. That the depression gets worse. And sometimes, it's not just because of the way that you look. Sometimes it's what you heard in that person who we played that audio clip from. And oftentimes we lose them. And I always hope and I pray that it doesn't happen, but it does. I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but post-op, after you get everything you want if you're trans, the suicide rate is higher than it was for slaves in the American colonies. The suicide rate is higher than it was for the Jews during the Holocaust. And that's not because they're oppressed or not accepted in society. It's because of something else. And ignoring that and promoting that to children, it could potentially be a genocide. And on the other front of this thing, Man, you already know what I'm talking about. Whether you're trans, whether you're you know straight, whether you're male, female, doesn't really matter. When you get to that point, you need help. You need to reach out to somebody. And as I have said countless times before, you need to give them a, a chance to call you back. Because they will. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC and the all-new MNC Nation. All right, just once again, look, I would like to reiterate that I am okay. I am fine. I am okay. For those of you who just tuned in, maybe you caught a portion of the last segment. I'm okay. I appreciate the concern. I'm more concerned about other people. Casey Hendrickson here, 95.3 MNC in the all-new MNC Nation. 
You know, when you go through a heavy topic like this, and, and I understand that this show is mostly about entertaining, mostly I'm not hitting you this hard on stuff. I get that. But like I said, you know, I, I warned you at the beginning of the show, I'm in a mood. A couple of things hit me pretty hard today. And I need, I need you to know that you're not alone. There are plenty of other people going through it. Some worse. And if you do need help, you need to get it. And if you have people to reach out to, reach out to them. But for the love of God, give them a chance to call you back. You have to give them a chance to call you back because, again, they will call. On the trans thing, on the LGBTQ thing, now I've told you many times before that the alphabet group is artificially inflating the alphabet because they're trying to absorb more people into the alphabet to grow their political influence. And it doesn't mean that everybody in the movement is, you know, if, if you are celebrating pride or whatever, fine. Like I said, I don't care. I'm less concerned about it than a lot of people are. As long as you leave kids alone, um, I wish that you could find a way to do it in a uh, more constructive way than, you know, dressing up in lingerie and S&M gear and parading around the streets of any city, um, exposing yourself to kids and that sort of thing. I, I wish that were the case, but if you're just an individual who's, you know, relatively low key, but you, you wear a rainbow or what have you, it's, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have any issue with you. But I also want people to understand that there is an artificial effort here based on politics and culture and the trans movement and going after children is all designed to artificially boost those numbers. And I've told you many times that there is, you know, a vast majority, a vast majority of young people who are confused about gender and that sort of thing. It's because they don't understand the concept of gender and they grow out of it. Upwards of 90% of those who identify as potentially being the opposite gender grow out of it. And I've told you before that when I was in high school, I don't know, about half of the girls in high school were what you called bi-curious, meaning they weren't bisexual because they hadn't done anything, but they're really curious about it. They found other girls to be attractive. And so they were kind of curious. Now, the real answer to that is they thought that boys liked it, and so they said they were bi-curious, and bi-curious gave them plausible deniability to not actually act upon what they were claiming. So I'm not bi, I'm just bi-curious. I'm just very curious about the idea of being with her. You know, she's she's pretty and that sort of thing. I saw a post the other day of somebody who identified as being gay for a large portion of their life, and eventually they realized that they weren't gay at all. They were intimidated by attractive women, and they were confused about what those feelings meant for them. Now, I'm not saying that that's you if you happen to be in that camp. But there are a large number of people who grow out of it. And there are a large number of people who identify as LGBT who grow up and they actually aren't LGBT. You know, again, 100% of you right now in this audience have a trait that has been absorbed into this group that you could easily latch onto and identify as, and then be a part of the, the whole uh, LGBT somewhat, uh, you know, whatever the, the acronym is up to now community. 
So there's a new study that's been published by Duke University. It shows that a large number of individuals who identify as LGBT actually end up switching back to heterosexual in just a few years' time. Hmm. A total of 8.6% of people who identified as gay and lesbian in the first wave changed their identity to heterosexual by the second wave. In other words, roughly six years later. Okay. Now, again, there's a lot of people out there who will do, oh, no, you're born this way. And look, I know people who were born this way, and I know people who chose to switch sides. For various reasons, oftentimes because of trauma. But for various reasons. The switch was even more dramatic within the LGBT categories. Among those who identified as bisexual, 44% changed their identity to heterosexual. Again, that goes back to the bi-curious thing. Oh, you say you're bi-curious because you think that's what the boys want, but you are never actually going to engage in any sexual contact or romantic involvement with anybody of the same sex. Because you're really not interested in them. And among those who identified as other, a category that includes transgender individuals, a total of 69.6% changed to heterosexual. Even among those who didn't want to disclose their sexual identity in the first wave, 62.2% identified as heterosexual by the second wave. 70% of people who identified as trans or uh, Q plus whatever in the first wave of the study stopped identifying as such and began identifying as heterosexual by the second wave of the study, which was just six years later. Now, why do I say this? Because I'm attacking people during Pride? No. What I'm doing, though, is once again reminding parents, teachers, and politicians that your kids are not accessories. And you are causing great damage and great harm when you prey upon children as the victims that you clearly see them as. And as evidence of that, I played you a transgender individual at the beginning of this show who is possibly at the end of their rope because they don't know how to cope. And I wish that I could tell you it was a unique experience, but it is not. Tens of thousands of people who have gone through this are trying to detransition. So when you take away the option to detransition because of surgery, And you rob people of their humanity and rob them of their opportunity to be parents. What does that do to their psyche? More coming up. 95.3 MNC and the all-new MNC Nation.